What follows is a spring 1997 Saturday night college meeting, recorded January 11, 1997 in Austin, Texas. Message title is, The Experience of Christ is Life, a review of messages 1 through 6 given in the fall 1996 semester. People than uh, we had planned for. <laughs> uh, I don't know what will happen next week. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to know uh, who does not uh, have an outline. Where are you that you don't have the five outlines, six outlines t- together? Okay. You, are, are, okay, let me ask again. How many, is there somebody that you can't look on with somebody else? You don't need a personal one tonight, but you do. Okay, let's... Uh, d- let's Spread around the outlines if we can, okay? Any extras? Because some people kept theirs and uh, they don't need new ones, okay? We need another one back here. Another one? Extra? Okay, everybody over here okay? We need one more down this way. Buy extra? Going back this way? We got an extra? Okay, they're okay. That's here's okay. Everybody okay? One more here. Okay, we're all okay. Now, uh, whether you have uh, heard anything or not, we thought that tonight we would uh, kind of uh, have a review to uh, set the stage for a new. Line that we can start next Saturday night uh, when we come together. I'll uh, talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, first of all, uh, we had six uh, meetings uh, that are uh, represented by these outlines that we covered a lot. And uh, of course, my regret is always uh, there wasn't enough time and I didn't get to, you know, say what I all, all that I wanted to say. And uh, I felt like there were a few loose ends that I would like to uh, go back and touch and uh, kind of uh, also bring everything together for people uh, who are here and also for anybody that was not uh, uh, for any kind of reference that we make back to this to this uh, little uh, part of time. Uh, we had six meetings and uh, we covered uh, a lot of territory actually. Uh, but uh, it was, you know, we, we, we weren't able to get that deep. Uh, maybe once or twice we spent a little extra time, but mostly uh, we just kind of were skipping on the mountaintops, hitting the high points of uh, something concerning God's econ- economy uh, and so forth. <clears throat> uh, in message one, uh, uh, we had a message where we talked about the difference between knowledge and experience, and I think y'all remember that, and uh, I don't want to get back into that. Then uh, we start on the riches of Christ, and we did this and saw several aspects of the riches of Christ, and uh, uh, because we're going to get so much more into that uh, in the in this semester, that is the riches of Christ. Uh, some of these points will be uh, interwoven with some of the new points that we get into, uh, so we can let that go there. Uh, Message number two uh, was when we talked about the economy of God 
and that the very first thing we need to realize concerning the economy of God was that it, uh, there is such a thing that it is based on. It is the center of the economy of God, and that is the mighty work of the cross. We want to be people who are always impressed uh, that the work of the cross was not just Jesus died so I don't go uh, to hell or I don't go to, uh, you know, I'm not under some evil thing. But the mighty work of the cross really was a special uh, event that happened once for all in time, in history, when the God-man, Jesus Christ, died on this earth in a place called uh, Calvary. And that, that death, in the eyes of God and in the eyes of all the believing ones, uh, and certainly in the eyes of all the rulers and authorities, it changed the course of everything. Uh, uh, this is the great watershed right. of, of history as we understand history. And that is... Uh, God did a work, a mighty work on the cross when He divided the things of God from the things of Satan. And uh, uh, because Jesus died there, we went over a lot of things, uh, how He died for our sins, for sin, for the old man, for the flesh, for the world, for all the ordinances, and even uh, He died and crucified the devil himself. So everything God dealt with. You could say that on the cross, when Jesus Christ died, what really happened was that he uh, did something there as a beginning of the economy of God. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say a beginning, but uh, as a beginning, uh, a fresh beginning in that all kinds of uh, manner of negative, old, and evil things had infiltrated into mankind, making man such a, uh, you know, such a despicable case, right? That uh, uh, there's all these negative, uh, germy things in man, right? The flesh, sin, sins, the old man, the, the devil, right? All kind of things are in, are in man. And uh, in one, you know, in one mighty, in one mighty act of the cross, it's like, uh, it's like there's clutter everywhere. And God just came in, and through the death of Christ, He just cleared the deck. I mean, He just wiped it out. He just really erased and expunged the whole thing so that it does not exist, you see. So sins, from the littlest one to, I mean, capital murder, uh, uh, from uh, the indwelling sin nature, from the old man and the old, the former manner of life, and all of the old things, the natural man that's included in there, uh, in a kind of implicit way, uh, the things uh, that sometimes we just use a general term called our flesh, which, which kind of summarizes all the things that uh, are in our being. You see. If we could, uh, if we could draw, and I think you remember this uh, picture uh, from last time, how we used to we, we use a diagram of man uh, to show uh, some things uh, positive and and negative. Before the cross was uh, the man was negative. There was a it was a negative thing. His relationship with God was based on an Old Testament 
uh, uh, planned way that was not the economy of God uh, in an up-to-date way. It was an old kind of thing that was going out of date because Christ was bringing in a new and living way, right. you see. So uh, here, man's body existed, and because it had been corrupted by Satan, this body was no longer just a, an innocent body like in the Garden of Eden. This body had now been transmuted to become the flesh, because in a negative sense, the word flesh. And uh, uh, in, in the word flesh, you have all kind of things, the works of the flesh or this and that and all kind of hatred and bitterness and evil and jealousies and, uh, uh, you know, you name it. It really just is uh, fill in the check because the, f- the flesh really includes all kind of negative things. Some of them are good things, but it's still the flesh. And some of them are bad things. And it's obviously the flesh, right? And so uh, we really like to make a big difference that among us we realize that we know not just what's good or bad, but what's flesh or spirit, you see? Because uh, our body, if if, if anything has its emanation or its source from our physical body because Satan took up his residence in our physical body in, in the form of sin and death, you see, there, then that whatever comes out will be a work of the flesh, as it says in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are, and there's a list there. Yeah. And, and uh, Paul can't complete the list, so he just says, and, and uh, things like this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not sure how we translated yeah, that. Right, right. Anyway, but anyway, it's, 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 it's all these negative things. Right. Okay, then uh, we have our mind. Uh, our, our the second circle is our soul. I should put our our soul here, and it is composed of our mind, our emotion, and our will. And this is uh, this is the this is the main part of uh, of our being. Uh, and it will be, it is now, it was before we were saved, and it will also be the main part of our being uh, in eternity, only it will be uh, transformed uh, uh, <clears throat> totally to the point that uh, there's no difference between our spirit and our soul, even in our body. They will all merge and be one real glorious entity because it will be like Christ is in uh he doesn't have any discrepancies between uh, the flesh and the spirit and things like that. Now, we do in this age, but uh, we're gaining. Amen. And there's coming an age when that will be uh, fully uh, harvested, you see, when God comes back to glorify his saints, you see. Then there will be a real wonderful thing. But anyway, this is fallen right now. You see, and so the soul, which is, uh, was uh, created or, and recreated by God in a very innocent state, you see, got injected in, in Genesis chapter 3 with such negative things. And so this soul became what? It became the self. You see, the self is not a, uh, uh, really a nice word. Uh, when we think of self or selfish or this and that, 
uh, we, we think that's not good. I, 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 we shouldn't be selfish. Right. But the soul is now really the self. It's me. It's our person. It's who we are. And we are the self. Okay? Uh, right. Maybe under great uh, effort, with great effort, and under great circumstances, we might deny ourself. But probably it's an outward denial so that others would think we denied ourselves, you see. And we really didn't do it. We really didn't do it. And, and there, therefore, when you think about it, the self is just the prevailing thing on this earth today. Humanity is just walking around and it's just one big hunk of self, you see. It's just a little finer definition than flesh. It's the self because the flesh is here. Because sin and death does dwell in our physical body, then the flesh makes the soul the self. And the self is the expression of a personality that is a kind of a a personality that's conformed to the image of Satan. See? So everybody has different personalities, but <clears throat> before Christ, uh, all these personalities, <laughs> nice as they may be, are, you know, it may be really bad. Somebody has, they're really ugly, you know, really mean. Well, that may be, you know. Uh, but actually, all of it is just a self, you see. Just one big self is on this earth, you see. And uh, what's so wonderful is Christ is also just one big thing, and that's the God-man. And he's coming to replace this great big self with with himself. And then he will just be uh, manifested in all the parts of our being, in our mind, in our emotion, and also in our will. Then uh, we also have a spirit here, our human spirit, uh, that we went into. And because it uh, was uh, corrupted by Satan, uh, it's not the self, it just is uh, dead, lifeless. It just doesn't function. It just doesn't work. Our spirit, our the the organ in us to uh, contact God, to enjoy God, to believe, to have fellowship uh, that really uh, uh, enlightens our conscience. All of that is just not really clicking because it was deadened by the fall of man. And so the fall of man produced this pitiful condition, and all of this brings all manner of problems on the earth. Okay. And uh, we covered that, and, and uh, praise the Lord, I think we saw a little bit anyway, that the mighty work of the cross just dealt with everything uh, inward and outward that Satan had concocted. Anything that he had done, anything that he had uh, gotten into us to be, any manifestation of him, any trespass that we would ever commit or had committed, any sin that we had ever done, he, he took them all and bore them all away on, in His flesh on the cross. Or as Peter says, on the tree, you know, yeah. the cross. And He took that away and He cleared it away so that we wouldn't have these problems to deal with no. 
in a kind of a, a hopeless type of way. He dealt with it and illuminated it uh, and set the stage for him to do something in a positive way. To, he eliminates the negative and then he sets the stage for him to do a work in a positive way. You see, of course, uh, uh, one of or two of these are really not uh, within so much like this, but are really uh, uh, the world E and and the ordinance uh, F. You see, and I felt bad that I didn't get to to say enough about this, but uh, we should know this much. Uh, Satan got into us uh, through the fall, through the through the disobedience of Adam, uh, sin and death got into humanity and got passed into all humans at that point. Okay? Too bad. Too bad. Uh, I'm sorry. I I wish Adam uh, would have done better. But he didn't. Uh, But the choice is still now ours. You see, now we're back in the Garden of Eden right here. You see, Uh, Adam was once uh, uh, standing between two trees to choose between, right? One was going to be Satan's tree and one was going to be God's tree. Well, now we're right here and Christ is in our spirit and you see that represents the tree of life and Satan is here and this is a tree of death and so we're here in a little miniature garden of Eden every day just like Adam was. And we get to choose Christ, which is the tree of life, you see, which is the same choice Adam was allowed to make, you see, because God doesn't override uh, somebody's personal choosing ability. He just, he lets them have the freedom of choice. That's, that, that's what makes him great. A great person has to uh, uh, make you do it as a rule or a law. You, you see, that, that, mean, that person is not great. If they have to have legislation, if they have to have a rule, if they have to force you to do it or you will be penalized, then that person is not great. You see, but if you'll do it because you just think this is the greatest, most wonderful thing, and this person is so wonderful that I just, I want to do this, then that person is great. So, uh, in... Inwardly, we have so many negative things. Outwardly, we have the world. And the world is something that uh, young people uh, are very much in, uh, but the realization of it doesn't come to them that quickly. It's, it's a little bit more gradual. Uh, as you get older, in five more years, and ten more years, especially in about 20 more years, you'll see how prevailing Satan created what is called the world. Uh, in Greek, the cosmos. Okay, it means the world. It is the kingdom of Satan outwardly. And in it are all manner of things. You see, if it doesn't emanate from God, from Christ, from the Spirit, from the tree of life, from what He is when He regenerates us here in our spirit, you see, then it's from the other source. There are, there are just two sources. There's no gray area. There are no just, well, he's not really a Christian, but he's just really a good person. No, he's not really just a good person. He's really a God-man or he's a devil-man. 
okay? That's a hard word to say. It's a hard word to swallow. But our experience proves it. You know, sometimes during the day, uh, I, I have some experiences that, uh, you know, I just, I was just, uh, I was a walking devil man for about 15 minutes there. You see? And then another part of the day, you know, I really was contacting the Lord in my spirit, touching the Lord, and I was a walking God man. See? See? Depending, I, I, have a, I have a choice. You know, all the time I can turn to the tree of life that's now inside my spirit. Not the tree of death. You know, and really the tree of death is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Amazing thing. This whole university over here is built on the knowledge of oh good God. and evil. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're over there teaching you about the tree of life to turn to, to, turn to uh, God in Christ as a spirit, as a tree of life in your spirit, and this is the main reason that we dedicate this university to? No. They're building up the mind. And it's good. It's fine. Yeah. You, we, we have to live on this earth. So we do this. I did it. I I. I I'm not ashamed at all that I did it, but we have to have our eyes open to see that all of this is in the middle of the cosmos, the world, and we should not be affected. We should get, we should be, there should be a real separation margin between us and the cosmos. Okay? We are not of this world. See, that's what, that's what Christ said. Well, uh, we are the sons of God. So we are in His footsteps. We also are not of this world, not of this age. You see, this age is something, you know. <laughs> you know, Satan is really, he's a smart He's a smart character. Yeah. <laughs> and to invent a cosmos that could entrap, mm-hmm. you know, billions of people, you've got to be pretty smart. That's right. Because di- different people won't go for different things. So there's got to be something out there for everybody in a big way that you can really just go for it, get lost in it, sink yourself in it, give your life to it and, until you breathe your last, last breath and then Satan can just say, I, you know, I really, I really uh, tricked him. I really faked him out. I really caused him to not know, to be blinded all the days of his life. And he only knew my uh, well thought out stratagem of, of a cosmos, this present evil age. And he never knew that there was something else called reality. And he, he, he did not touch and enjoy the riches of Christ, you see. This is the cosmos. Paul said, in, I think the verse says, the, the, the world, the cosmos, is crucified to me and I to, to the world, you see. We're crucified. This is the mighty work of the cross. God just really wiped out, separated. You're not, you don't have to take it. You don't have to take all the nonsense that it offers you and puts in front of your eyes and your ears. You know, your eye gate doesn't have to take in the cosmos and your ear gate doesn't have to listen to it. And your mind doesn't have to think about it. 
you see. We have something better, higher. If we didn't have anything, then we, don't, we wouldn't know what to do. But we have the economy of God, the riches of Christ, you see, to fulfill the eternal purpose of God uh, for, you know, for infinity. We have something wonderful and high. We don't have to get stuck in the cosmos. See, uh, Sometimes people say, well, what is the cosmos? And uh, uh, the way we can best define it uh, so that it's a comprehensive definition is like this. The cosmos is anything, anything that replaces God and occupies man. Replaces God and occupies man. God was made to enjoy, to be enjoyed by man. And so Satan had to invent this huge department store called the world where you can shop around and get all excited about goofy things, nonsensical things, worthless things, you know, things about computers and lasers and... and, uh, uh, you know, bombs and uh, military things and right. uh, sports and, and things like all kind of you know, <coughs> nonsensical things right. to just <coughs> bury you into His world because it replaces God. God is far away and it occupies your being. You are just, you're just totally that kind of person. You're, you know, some people, you, we call them freaks, you know. Uh, if you're a Jesus freak, then you're blessed. Amen. But if you're any other kind of freak, you, 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 uh, you're caught. You see, the trap closed on, your, on you and you got caught and you're still, you're still in there. Yeah. You see, you just haven't been harvested yet. Yeah. That's right. See, So when we say Christ did a mighty work, we don't take it lightly. He dealt with the, the world so that you don't have to languish there but you have a higher calling the high, the, the high calling of God is for you the low calling of the world is for the unbelievers we should make a great difference this is why this is a watershed thing that's happening here okay and uh, the world is not that much different than the ordinances. You know, I mentioned the ordinances. Right. And, and I, I know for sure that hardly any Christians talk about ordinances, ordinances as something that Christ crucified. But it is, you know, in the black and white verse uh, in Ephesians 2.15. 2, the ordinance, you see, that is also, it's, it's something like the world. It's, the form, it's your environment. It's, it's, it's how you live it's how you were raised it's how you were brought up it's your it's your uh uh set of values it's your mores it's your it's, it's the way you think it's what you uh, think is good and what you think is not so good there's you know everybody is so different and that's what and and, and that's because we have a different way to conduct our life and if I have to make you be like me or or you have to make me like you we will fail so God just leveled all of these 
kinds of things so that we could all drop our former manner of life. That's our big ordinance. Full of many little ordinances. So we could drop it all, you see, and just be people who are according to Christ. Then we'll be one. Then we'll be in reality. The church will be built. The body will be uh, so functioning. And this will be the foundation for the return of the of Christ for the second time. Oh, it's just so good to see how Christ uh, just eliminated so many negative things. I'm so glad these negative things aren't our portion. And so let's get let's let's get let's get out of there quick. (laughs) Because right after he died, you see, uh, on the cross. Or he, 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 you know, he experienced death on the cross. He was buried in the tomb, and uh, he was there for three days. And then, after three days, we had a uh, one message on the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, you remember Christ in resurrection. Amen. He was he was raised from the dead. Death could not hold him. Death. You see. He was, he was unable to be kept down by the most powerful force that Satan's cosmos has, and that's death. You know, nobody has ever really cheated death. You can cheat some things, but not death. Death just <laughs> does its work. But Christ brought in a new thing you see, first there was the cross, but there is, but after the cross, there is a realm that we call the realm of resurrection. Mm-hmm. It is a realm. And once we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we go through the cross to gain him, then we enter into the realm of resurrection. Amen. And in this realm, Christ, you see, comes in right here and regenerates our human spirit so that now uh, we, have, we have something very special. We have uh, the big spirit uh, mingling with the little spirit. You see, the human spirit is now indwelt by the Holy Spirit, uh, which is Christ Himself. You see, and this is uh, the realm and reality of resurrection. Resurrection is now in our spirit. You see, we can also we can also uh, put an R here. Remember, we can do this. This resurrection. Re- where is resurrection? It's in my spirit. Don't look for it in your body. In your body, you will not get resurrection. You will get death. Sin and death dwell in your body. Don't look for it in your emotions. Uh, you you cannot you cannot just uh, you know uh, get transported uh, in right. your mood swings and contact God right. by way of your emotions. It, this is not the way. Okay. So 
we're, we're, we're not against him. We're, you know, emotions are, are, yeah. are given to us by God to love, mm-hmm. to enjoy him, to, to uh, love, uh, uh, you know, uh, the brothers, to love <laughs> positive things, to even love sinners, you see. But it's not given to, to love Satan and to love his cosmos. So uh, <clears throat> we need to we need to have this part also uh, transformed. Anyway, uh, I think you can see that if you if if you realize that resurrection life is a life that uh, first of all is just Christ Himself. This is what I want you to see: resurrection life is Christ. He said in John eleven twenty five, remember, right, right. I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And when he said this, he really put down the religious concept of those believers right there who uh, loved him very much, you see. And he told them quite frankly, a little bit abruptly you might say, that don't think of resurrection as a thing or as a happening or as an event, but think of it as me, a person. That's why he said, I am. You know why he said that? Because they told him when the resurrection was going to happen. Right. And that's, that provoked him to say, I am the resurrection. Right. See? Now, so now within us, we have a death-defying, rising Buoyant <laughs> resurrection life. I think one sister talked about uh, going to the swimming pool when she was a little girl, and they'd always have a beach ball, right. and they always would try to take the beach ball and, and, and hold it under the water right. and, and, and get it as far down as they could. How many of you ever tried to hold something like that under the water? <laughs> you know, sometimes it'll come up and, and, and hit you right in the chin and nearly <laughs> knock you out if it's really... You know, if it's really right. far under and, and you're kind of small, you know, you got to be careful of those things. You see, life is powerful. Right. Life is powerful. Good. It's rising. It's rising. Amen. You see, that's why all the saints. You know, uh, if you tell me, uh, do, are you are you afraid for the brothers or the sisters to be on the campus of the University of Texas? Are, are they going to just get wiped out? So forth. Well. Uh, then first, first tell me, are you talking about a brother and sister in life, in the resurrection life, who's really experiencing this life within, or just, or are they just there academically? You see, if they're just there academically, yeah, I, I'm concerned about them. They, they might ruin their whole life. You see, but if they're there. Filled in spirit with a resurrection life. Don't feel sorry for them. Feel sorry for that university. (laughs) They're going to get hit with life. You see? Resurrection life reacts against anything of Satan's uh, darkness and death. It just reacts. It confronts it. You know, it's 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 a real confrontation. You know? It's a matter of standing toe-to-toe and seeing who blinks first. 
And you know what happened on the day of resurrection? Right. Satan blinked first. Right. And Christ, right. Christ walked right out of that tomb. Right. And the world has never been the same since then. Never has the world been the same. Right. You see, since that day, such a thing happened. And resurrection life was, was, uh, became available and so forth. And Christ at that time became the life-giving spirit in resurrection. Amen. So now this is what we have right here inside our spirit. Oh, so great. You can do you can you can be anywhere as long as you're as long as you're in God's will, you can be confronted by whatever and you will rise to the top. You will go through it. You will walk through the door like he did. You, you will be the one who does not blink. You see, you just have to keep in contact with your spirit, which is oneness with him. And then you are in resurrection. And that resurrection life is Christ. And the one in you is stronger than the one who is in the world. Amen. See, so, no problem. Don't you wish everybody knew this? And sometimes, don't, you, don't we kick ourselves if we don't apply yes. this to our experience yes. every single time? Yes. You see? Well, uh, it's just a wonderful thing. It, it, so many things here. It's, it's just a, a resurrection life. We could, uh, uh, there's no end to what we could say about it because it, it's just uh, so all-inclusive uh, to know resurrection life. It is, it's the most precious thing we have because it's just Christ himself in us. Right? Okay, let's go on to the next one uh, quickly. Uh, number four is the ascended Christ. And here... Uh, we, I started to skip this and decide, no, that's not right. Uh, the the ascended Christ uh, is too big a thing and too important a thing because uh, the ascended Christ, after his resurrection and after his being uh, uh, on earth for fifty days and so forth, uh, he was ascended. Okay. Uh, he ascended. Did, did I, what, how many days did I just say? Fifty. No. He, uh, Fifty days is a, is a day of Pentecost. <laughs> yeah, descension. Uh, he was on the earth for 40 days. And then there was a 10-day span. A lot of things were happening during this 10 days when he ascended. You see, we didn't see it all, but it, it, uh, we have some record in the Bible so that we, got, we have some glimpse of Christ. We know... He ascended from the mount that is called uh, the Mount of Olives. And that's where he'll come back to. And he did it in front of 500 witnesses. And uh, when he was ascended and he went to the right hand of God, which is the right hand of authority, we tried to emphasize that his ascension has everything to do with authority. You see, that because we have believed 
and we have received Christ, we not only have the resurrected Christ, but that same Christ, is also He also ascended. It's not two Christs. It's the same Christ, but you, you have to... We have all of His attainments, you see. And one of them is ascension. And He was ascended to the right hand of the majesty on high. This is where God is. Somewhere in the third, in the third heavens, He was given a position of authority uh, to uh, judge mankind and to uh, succor in mankind, you know, to, to uh, comfort them and help them and to rule the universe and to do a lot of things, you know. But uh, none of that could be done unless he was given that uh, authoritative position by God. And he was. And he is at the right hand of God. And, and we don't know where that is. No one knows where it is. So uh, we just say it's in the middle of the universe. But uh, what's the universe? So it's in the middle of, of something we can't even totally comprehend, okay? That's not our problem. That's the least of our problems is, is trying to locate that, okay? That's not our problem. You know, you know we did good to make it, a, you know, just a few miles to the moon. Forget, forget about it. Uh, he's in the third heavens, wherever, wherever, you know, in the middle of the, of the galaxies. So, so uh, uh, anyway, he's, a, he's ascended and he has authority. And brothers and sisters... Uh, this authority basically is a kind of a clothing, okay? Uh, I'm just going to put, put the word clothing here, upon us. See, just like resurrection is life within us, you see, this is like clothing upon us. They were clothed in Acts when he uh, was ascended, just like they were uh, uh, regenerated when he breathed into them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see? Yeah. Now, now, see, <clears throat> okay, all you have to tell me is one word. Have you received Christ? Yes or no? Okay. Yes. I, I, the, yes. I take the nod as for yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, have you? Have you received Christ? Yes. Yes, okay. Probably, have you received Christ? Yes. Okay, now, think about it. All three of you brothers... You have a Christ, you have a Christ who has been breathed into you and who is also invisibly right now upon you as your, as your clothing. And this clothing has, has everything to do with authority. This is not, the clothing is not uh, life and peace from within. That's really based, that's really more in the resurrection side, Okay. That's from the Christ within. But this clothing is to fight the battle against Satan's kingdom. All the time we have to face darkness. And when we face darkness, we want to face it with authority, overruling authority. And so we have the ascended Christ as our clothing all the time. So we have Christ within for our enjoyment, life, peace, growth, transformation, and everything. And we have Him without for the for the uh, ongoing, for the uh, promulgation of His work on this earth, we have the clothing of Christ as a spirit. You see, we're baptized in Him. You see, we're immersed inside Him. You see, He's in us and we're also in Him. You see, so we have, we have it all. We, we don't have, we're not lacking anything. 
you see. We enjoy this uh, on a regular basis. We don't really... Uh, the, you don't have to pay any attention to this, to tell you the truth. This works uh, basically as an automatic thing. Yeah. Yeah. You see, if you're enjoying Christ within, if you're really enjoying Him within, times come up and you just say, Lord, oh Lord, I need Your authority in this situation. You see, then you get to wear Christ as your authority without. See? They're, they're not separated. They're not, they're not disconnected, you see. Occasionally, that happens. Oh, listen, I, I don't know. You know, uh, there's been a lot of different kinds of descriptions of this clothing or the baptism of the Spirit, yeah. things like that. A lot of things. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say, but I, I, I know that... Uh, the heart of the matter is that people experience Christ in times when they need Him because they are in a situation that they have to overcome darkness. You see? A lot of people think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just is a kind of a gift that they need to spend their whole life seeking to have as many of them as they can. They don't have any particular reason why. It's just uh, if I can just if I can just have another one, and it's led into uh, a mostly uh, a high percentile of manufactured uh, experiences that are not genuine. I, I, you know, I've learned the technique. I mean, I've heard it enough that I could probably get you, if you were willing, I could get you to, you know, have an experience of the outward baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it would not be genuine, you see. But uh, people approach it as if God is, he's really, he doesn't want you to have this. And, and you know, if you're really, really, you know, if you really, do something heroic, you you might get a baptism and that'll really... And, and you know what it does? It makes people proud. It does. Because look, look at me. I've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One person came to our meetings. This was a long time ago. I was a young person. So he came and he... So he, he wanted to talk and so uh, he and I ended up talking together. And he left this place because he went up to the altar and just stayed there for a long, long period of time uh, seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Ghost. Yeah. And finally, it was time to shut down the building, turn out the lights, and one of his relatives came over and, and told him, uh, uh, sorry, you're, you're, just, you're just not going to have it. That, you know, that was it for him. So, so in desperation, he, he kept looking around. He stumbled across us. And he told us this story. And I don't remember what we said, but it, it had to be words something like, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, don't worry about it because you really didn't miss, miss much. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's it's been perverted, and it needs to come back. It's real. It's there for us. But we, do, but the inner life is our, is what we live on, right. and the outer life is what is right. what uh, uh, can touch people in our work. Right. 
Right. You see? But if you don't have the inner life, I promise you, you won't have the outer life. It's not a different Christ. <laughs> Has anybody ever told you, you know, when you walk in the room, I just feel like God walked in. Well, I don't think at your age that's happened much. But if so, it's just a testimony that uh, they are picking up, you know, the uh, sensation of the Spirit is upon you. Right. <laughs> How could they know? Well, you know, what's... What tripped their wire to make them realize that? Right. <laughs> There's something there. This is, I, I've had this happen, you know, not a lot, but some. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, it was, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I'm, I'm just eating lunch or doing something <laughs> silly, you know, and, uh, and what is it? What, okay, just tell me. Tell, what is it? I'm not leaving until you tell me what it is. Is is it the food you eat or what? (laughs) You know, I told you about my roommate back uh, uh, when we were in college, and we started to pray on our on the on the wing, the the the, uh, the baseball wing. The baseball guys were heathens, too. Uh, football players aren't the only animals that live in the <laughs> athletic dorm. They're, 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 we were, they're, all, they're, they're all in the flesh. flesh yeah. See? <laughs> and all of, them need, all of them need Christ. So we started praying, 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 and some of them started getting saved. We started preaching the gospel. Amen. And a lot, a lot were to ask us, and finally, because we were praying so much, uh, uh, we had some experiences where we would walk in the room and they said, well, yeah, God just walked in, so let's stop and, and uh, do something else. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was so ridiculous. We said, well, no, no, we're just, you know, we're just... We're just a regular old Joe, except you know, we we have this this Christ. You know, right. would you like him? <laughs> oh, we had some great, Amen. some great people. I mean, great turns right. to the Lord. Amen. It was so good, you know. They start falling like dominoes after. About half a semester. Okay, uh, so we need the resurrected Christ for life, enjoyment, daily living, going on, and then the ascended Christ to, that is upon us that that we uh, that we use. You see. I would even say a little bit further, you know, some people say that, well, we need to claim, we need to claim the baptism of the Spirit. 
you see, if, you, if your thought is like that, which I doubt it, it, it is, but uh, that's kind of in the Pentecostal type circles. You need to claim it or something like that or <clears throat> uh, so forth. No, no, no. It's like, see, you have a little, say, pretend this is uh, a key. Okay, I don't have a key on me. Okay, you have a key. Yeah. See? So you just, you just walk up. Yeah. Uh, the, the, door, the door is right here. The door is right here. This, this is the clothing. You're enjoying the Lord and you need Him to represent Him right now in, in a certain situation. So you don't need to say, Lord, I claim. You just, you just need to uh, unlock the door and walk, walk in. See, it's, uh, even to claim it is to, is to kind of uh, uh, say uh, it's, it's not there and it's not available unless I make a move, you see. It is. You just use it. You just use it. See. Okay. Anyway, I hope you catch it. it. It's just, it's just such a wonderful thing. When you're enjoying Christ within, uh, that's when you're most uh, prevailing in expressing Him without impacting people without, and you're most even unaware that you're doing it because you're enjoying within. You see, and that's that's what we do. But you believe me, if you really get filled in spirit, it does touch other people. Okay? Uh, That's number five. Then, uh, the last uh, big point was that once we call on the Lord and get regenerated, okay, this now... Uh, I'll, I'll erase this and, and write down something a little bit better. Okay, now, this, this, uh, wonderful, this wonderful person has come in to us uh, here, and now these two spirits are mingled together as one. So they, they're, they're, really, they're really just one spirit, okay? This is, this is just one, one spirit now, okay? And our spirit is like that, so that when we turn our mind uh, to the spirit, we get, and, and this is the mingled spirit within, we get life and peace, according to Romans 8.6. When we set our mind on the flesh, we get death, according to the same verse. But when we set it upon the little s spirit, where it's mingled with the Holy Spirit, we get life and we get peace, you see. Okay, at this point, uh, God has started. He has begun a work of grace in uh, you as a believer. And when He comes back, He will glorify your body at His second coming. Okay? No, no problem. Okay, just like you know, we <laughs> went over to get regenerated. It's just yeah. really fast. Right. No problem. Right. You know, ninety-nine percent of what you say in praying to the Lord or whatever uh, is after you get regenerated. 
he got in right away, and that, that, that's what allowed you to have such a good prayer. You know, I mean, I mean uh, genuine and real, you know, versus the other ones you used to have, you know. So, so he's there. See, he's, he, it makes it genuine. Now, the body is like this. It's so, uh, so quickly, see, uh, regeneration is here. Glorification is out here. See, the body is really the part that Christ will glorify. This leaves the soul as the place that is uh, the, uh, what, what would be a good way to say it? Uh, the soul is, is the very uh, uh, ground, the location that is being fought over right. in this age. Don't worry about your body. I don't care how much Christ you get, you're still going to have sin and death in your body until you get glorified. So don't worry about that. And don't be surprised at how sin, sinful your, how much sin and death is in your body. It, it, you, uh, you're no different than anybody else. But you see, here is where we have a choice. And we can... Uh, choose life, choose Christ and be gained by Him and allow Him to come in to our mind and our emotion and our will on a daily, regular basis again and again and more and more and little by little. It's like the Israelites who went into the good land to chase out the enemies, right? This is full of all the enemies that the flesh inserted into the soul to make it the self. It's full of all the enemies. All kinds of enemies. You see? The Philistines are there. The Amorites are there. The Amalekites are there. All kinds of enemies. And the Lord told him that he would go before them and, and he, would, he would push out all of the enemies. But he added a phrase, little by little. You see? And this is the way our life on earth is and how we go on little by little. You see, he's gaining our mind. He's gaining our mind. You're applying Christ. In other words, you're, tr- you're applying Christ in your mind. And so he's gaining more. And, you know, you can't be gained in your mind without that affecting your emotion and your will. They, they, they don't act uh, in, in total independence of each other. They're, they're, a, uh, you know, they're a whole person. And uh, he's just gaining us, you see. Our spirit, in a sense, is expanding. And this expanding of our spirit is what we call growth, you see. He, Christ, is living in our mind, emotion, and will as we allow him to more and more. But it's a slow process, you see. I've already, I've drawn, I've made the spirit quite a bit bigger. But I've also uh, covered you know, several years of time. You see? <laughs> and so we, we just keep... The, Christ wants to expand all of the resistance that He meets in our mind, in our emotion, and in our will must be touched. Just like Jacob's thigh was touched when he wrestled with God all night. 
And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the blessing he got was, okay, just limp for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, he did that. And Jacob became a great blessing, a prince. Uh, he became Israel. Right? And that was a great blessing, you see. Okay, you see, we're <clears throat> growth is what's happening now. Okay, if Christians do not do this, if they stop, if they get regenerated and they think that they're just supposed to uh, have good morals and uh, go to church and uh, uh, do things like that, you know, uh, not be in gross sin, and that's good enough and so forth, and, uh, you know, that's their concept. I might fail, but the Lord forgives me. But they don't, they, don't, they don't have this pursuing Christ mentality like Paul. You know, Paul in Ephesians 3, when he was already the topmost of the apostles, you know, he said, I count everything Amen. I have gained as, as, as a refuse right, right. that I may gain Christ. Amen and be found in Him. Amen. And He said, I pursue after Him that I may... <laughs> that I, uh, right. Help me, Neil. He says, I pursue after Him anyway that He may gain the excellency yeah. of the knowledge right. of Christ Jesus mm-hmm. is Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we translate it that way, don't yeah. we? Yeah, right. It says, not that I've already obtained or already perfected, but I pursue if even I may lay hold of that for which I have also been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, at the first, it, uh, but moreover, I also count all things to be lost Amen. on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, on account of whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse that I may gain Christ. Amen. And be found in Him. It's it's just amazing. Then uh, you go on a little further and uh, he talks about uh, not that I have uh, already obtained or am already perfected, But I, in this tremendous word, I pursue. Even if I may lay hold of that for which also I've been laid hold of of Jesus Christ. That's what Neil read. See, Pursue. He's pursuing. Pursuing what? Pursuing, Pursuing the one that he had received years earlier that had converted him into a, a giant of an apostle. But he just feels that he has to pursue. He has to run harder. He has to go faster. He has to gain more Christ. This mentality, he does not, he's not laid back at all. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, you know, I have to, I have to run the race lest after, uh, you know, if I, if I don't run it correctly, I might be disqualified. This is a great apostle. What what happened to Christianity? What happened somewhere just to get saved and 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 get out of gross sin became adequate. And the pursuing of Christ in the way of growth, of I mean well defined 
growth in our mind and emotion and will uh, over and over again in our Christian life became lost. You see? And this is why God has to raise up a recovery of all of these precious things. Otherwise, there's no bribe uh, being prepared. Do you follow me? So, uh, we need regeneration as a beginning and then growth, you know, until eventually they just, you know, some people, they just have so much Christ, so much Christ. They've denied themselves and let Christ come in to replace them. Christ is, is a believer's universal replacement. And they've allowed that so many times, not hundreds of times, but thousands and thousands of times. And he's just replaced them so much for so long that they have, they have a lot of Christ deposited into their being. You see? This on a personal level and this on a corporate level is what will bring Christ back. Uh, Finally, I want to to, uh, sum up this uh, part by saying, you know, we all need to aspire to grow. To grow. You know, sometimes something in your being just won't turn loose. It just won't turn loose. You want something and you know the Lord wants you to turn that over to Him. You know what I'm saying? And you just won't turn loose. Just can't. You know, it's better not to fake it. Why don't you just say, Lord, I know, you know, the angels know. Anyway, I can't turn it loose. So I just bring it to you again. You know, even you're not turning loose, at least you're praying and you're getting Christ added. You know what? You get enough Christ added and suddenly uh, you you find what happened? I turned that loose. That's right. That's amazing. People, that's, that's growth. Right. That's reality. Right. What do you think the, I, I, I'm just saying this, what do you think, uh, the, who, what are the strictest, the Mennonites or the Amish? Amish? The Amish, I think they're more. Okay. We all know how strict they are. Their clothing, they you know they don't drive cars and uh, you know things. And uh, everybody's named Abraham, Jacob, or Samuel, or Daniel, <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know they they have a no no resistance policy. That's that's why they never uh, served in in wars and things like that, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, if you went up to them, if you caught them in town to buy supplies, if you caught them in town and you just went over and you just really creamed one of them in the nose, all, all he's allowed to do is bleed. Okay, Neil, you're in the same place as the... Uh, that 
young man that got hit in the nose and and the same person comes over and hits you in the nose and you start bleeding. Okay. If you have the grace of God as a river flowing in you, you have the strength to not retaliate but to speak a word of righteousness Amen. and grace. But I'm pretty sure that a typical Amish guy who I respect them because they go to great effort. Right, right, right. I really do. I really respect them. But but I'm I, 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 I'm not I'm not going to follow that kind of teaching. Sure. Okay. If he can just summon up his willpower because he's been so trained not to strike back and he doesn't do it, then he's not gained anything except a stronger will. And pride. Yeah. But if you've enjoyed Christ and you've been able to have a, a response genuinely then that's really something. Yeah. See? What if you don't enjoy Christ and he slugged you and you turned around and slugged him and so you have two nose bleed, bleeding? That was bad. But I don't know if I can say that that's worse than, not, than, than vengeance just boiling up in you and you did nothing about it and vengeance boiled up in somebody else and they you know, retaliated. I don't know if it's that much difference. The Lord knows, but anyway, I don't think there's a great deal of difference. But if spiritually you did something, that would really be something, wouldn't it? <clears throat> okay. Uh, I don't know what I did. Uh, how, Somewhere I got into that. I don't know how I did it. What, what did I do? Growth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Growth. Yeah. See, Neil, we have to grow, right? See, here, here, right right here is where you had the nosebleed experience. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, we want this spirit activated every day of our life so that it is spreading and registering in our soul every day of our life. So uh, we need some things that are constants in our daily life. Number one, we confess our sins and trespasses and allow them to be cleansed by the blood. We enjoy the blood of Christ. The blood gives us the boldness to approach God, the throne of grace, at any time if we just apply the blood. That's what it's for. Christ shed His blood for this. If you neglect to use it, if you, if you uh, say, well, this, this is not, uh, this is not uh, uh, for me right now, then you, you're, you're, you're insulting the, the covenant 
of grace that produce this uh, blood, this wonderful blood that we get to use all the time. If you've done something, even if you haven't, uh, your very nature that's fallen uh, needs you to use the blood to go and be in the very uh, presence and in, in, uh, in mingled oneness with God Himself. So the blood is used every day, every morning, every time you, you feel the need of cleansing and washing, you use the blood. You see, the blood has to be a great thing. It never loses any of its power, but it's a great power. It's powerful. What can wash away my sins? You know, we were saying nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Right? Then, uh, number two, you need the Word. Uh, We have a lot to say here, but uh, the Word... Uh, to have to have this uh, to have this hur- hurricane going on in your soul here, growing in Christ all the time, having little experiences, you know, dotting your life all over the place, experiences all through your will, you know, surrendering and your emotions uh, being touched by Christ or you denying them by the Lord's grace and leading. All the time, you see, they're just growing. And the Spirit is really becoming uh, uh, so one with the soul. This, is, this shows there's a great work occurring here. And you, know, you not only need the blood to do this, but you also need the Word. Right. On a daily basis, you need to touch and contact the Holy Word. And that word also causes metabolic growth. You see? Just if you don't believe me, just drop just drop it for two weeks and tell me what your mind's thinking. You see? When we say we turn to our spirit, we have a lot of things in our spirit to turn to. And uh, if we if we can't figure out what it is, just open your Bible. And, and your Bible sows to your spirit, not Amen. to your flesh. Right. Okay. So you need the blood and you need the word. And you also need the other brothers and sisters. Like we talked about Colossians 1.13, the saints that are in the light. You see, this is the church, which is his body. You see, the blood, you really feel the need for the blood a lot the more you contact the saints. And you really feel uh, more in the Word when you contact the saints. There's just They are uh, an indescribable realm that is the kingdom of God on this earth. You see? And so we need this. If you just... Uh, can't contact the saints, uh, you you really suffer. You suffer a lot. You see, But if you do, you just get convicted, you get inspired. Actually, you get just about all of your needs met. Some of them, 
are on the negative side and some of them are on the positive side. But when it's all said and done, you, you get your sky cleared from any negative thing. And you get your spirit refreshed with all the supply of Christ and you are ready to go forward in your pursuit of Christ. You see that? Okay, these are the things that we covered uh, as kind of a uh, very uh, quick overview of those six uh, meetings. Now, what we'll do, uh, I think starting uh, starting next week and Saturday, uh, uh, what I would like, and I, I thought about this, uh, some and, and talk to some others. Uh, I, I would like to us have a time where we get into uh, uh, the riches of Christ. See, and uh, we'll just entitle it the riches of Christ, and maybe just uh, uh, mostly uh, use one book in the Bible. Uh, I did this uh, once uh, a few years ago when uh, we covered First Corinthians. And that's a book that is pretty long because it's a book that keeps bringing up so many problems that the Corinthians had. And so because there were so many problems, there were so many solutions. And the solution was Christ in this way or that way. And and so there's a bunch of uh, revelation about the riches of Christ in that book. Uh, Maybe we'll limit it to that book, but uh, if we want to, we can go to another book and get a point for some special reason but anyway uh we just get filled up more and more and more see what the riches of christ are you see and uh we'll touch we'll be able to touch uh many things just slip in this and that touch the body of christ touch the church life touch the second coming of christ this and that and so forth okay Okay, uh, I'm finished for tonight. Outlines, yeah, all the outlines, anything we covered. You, you have a question about anything we did? <clears throat> uh, some of this is very new, so uh, uh, to have a question is, is a very good thing. Yes. Yeah. And um, in my Christian experience, relatively recently I've begun even to have the awareness that in everything I do, there needs to be the matter of the anointing within, mm-hmm. leading me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering if you would, if it would be helpful to us if you could share to us your experience uh, that you've had from being a young believer throughout the years with the anointing and learning the anointing within mm-hmm. and what you've gone through. Mm. Okay, yeah, I understand. That's very simple. The anointing, the anointing is the moving. It's a uh, anointing is a gerund. Do y'all is that the word y'all use in college for it? It's a gerund. It's a it's a it's an active verb. Okay. I mean it's a, it's a it's a verbal noun, sorry. Verbal noun. Anyway, it's a gerund. <laughs> uh, you see, the ointment, the ointment is Christ Himself. The ointment is Christ Himself. He's the all-inclusive ointment that came into us. And the anointing is the moving of that ointment in this way or that way. 
It's the movement of this person. And so when we have Christ within, He wants to move. Then as He moves uh, to gain us or to lead us in a particular thing in our daily life, that moving that we sense in our spirit is what we call the anointing, which is a gerund, a verbal noun, a noun in action. See, so it's Christ moving or doing something. And uh, as young people, the more you exercise your spirit to let it be uh, activated and uh, kind of rise to the surface of your being and, and be more uh, dominating than, than it is uh, even right now, then the anointing has more liberty, more freedom, and you will sense more speaking from the Lord. That speaking is the anointing also. You see, these, these are somewhat like uh, synonyms. And it's, uh, uh, the Lord really just impressed me. I just needed to go and call so-and-so, talk to this person. That was, that was the Lord speaking. That was also, you could say, the Lord's anointing. Yeah. And we spoke and we had a fellowship. And that when we hung the phone up, we both felt like we were in the heavens. Mm. Then you can say we had a real anointing in that fellowship. What was that? Christ was really flowing, you see, moving as the anointing. And that's growth. That's all that. That's what that is. Okay. Anything else quickly? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, uh, uh, <clears throat> the secular definition is right, and the spiritual definition is even more right. Uh, secularly, uh, to say economy, it's the uh, distribution of wealth, you see, into the proper places, hopefully. And uh, uh, Christ is our, you know, is our... Uh, uh, you know, bank. It's where all the riches are. And so to get that distributed to all the right places uh, is to really experience the economy of God uh, to all the members of the body, you see. In the Bible, its its definition is is a little bit sweeter than that. In that, uh, it it doesn't go into like a national economy or something like that, but it talks about the household economy, you see. And the body of Christ and the church is like a household, mm-hmm. you see. And so uh, <clears throat> in a household, uh, every household that, uh, that is uh, productive has an economy there. You see, yeah. there's a way. Uh, eventually, food get food and uh, medicines and 
uh, all kinds of stuff to make you uh, eat right and sleep right and things like that. Uh, keep your uh, teeth healthy and, you know, your uh, all kinds of things. These are all brought into the house, you see, and usually the mother is the one who has the responsibility to dispense these riches to the different members of the household, and that becomes uh, an economy, a household economy. And that is the Greek word that is in 1 Timothy 1.4, where it says uh, to give heed to the economy of God rather, rather than to other uh, fables and genealogies and questions. But the economy of God is... See, what we're doing here tonight is we're just trying to distribute Christ yeah. to one another. And whenever we do that, we're in the economy of God. Uh, and God... God developed an economy. He went from the God alone in the heavens to the earth, to a man, to crucifixion, to resurrection, to ascension, to becoming a life-giving spirit, to coming inside you, to living in you, to growing in you. That's his economy of getting him, the wealthy one, into you, the needy one, to grow, you see. So that's the economy of God. You good enough? Okay. Fire, yeah. fiery darts. Okay, this is <laughs> flame. Right. This is Hebrews, if you want to follow along, Hebrews twelve eighteen. And it says, For you have not come forward. To a mountain which could be touched. Okay, this is to the Hebrews. This book is written to Hebrews to jar them out of whatever is left in them of Judaism to take uh, God's ordained way, which, uh, you know, we were talking about tonight. Okay. And which was set on fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the sound of a trumpet, and to the voice of words, because of which those who heard entreated that no further word be spoken to them. Do you remember that in the Old Testament? They just, stop, stop, I can't take any more of this. I feel, it was, it was a ministry of condemnation. Right. You read, you read this in First Corinthians. A ministry of condemnation. Don't say, oh, no more, please. Stop. You know, right. burning fire. Does this sound, would you want to be there? No. Okay. For they could not bear that which was being commanded. If even a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned. And so fearful was the sight. Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. Now, doesn't that sound like paradise? Uh, no, it sounds it sounds like we need a change, a great change. Uh, yes. That's why Paul was emphasizing this. Go ahead. Uh, but you have come forward to Mount Zion. Mount Zion. And to the city of the living God. Amen. The heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. And to myriads of angels. To the universal gathering. And to the church Amen. of the firstborn who have been enrolled in the heavens, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous men who have been made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, which speaks something better than that of Abel. See, all these wonderful items that we have come forward to now, you see, 
Now, uh, this is not the best one, but I just want to point out because it's in line with tonight. Yeah. There's a little phrase in there that says the spirits right. are just men made perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, when our spirit, we're justified by the blood of Christ. Right. Okay. And when our spirit is perfected, it really has to mean that it has really taken over all the parts of our soul. Wow. You see? Amen. The spirits, you've come far to the spirits, not to the soul. The, the yeah. spirits, so this has to, uh, it strongly infers wow. mm. the spirit has invaded the soul and right. is now mingled with the soul as well yeah. as, you know, our spirit is mingled. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is the spirit. We there is. Th- this is what God's purpose is. Uh, all of these things in the middle of it is the spirits of just men made perfect. That's the that's the church. Listen, the heavenly Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem that will be our portion for eternity. Yeah, is really uh, just our spirit enlarged to encompass our whole being. Amen. I know it's mind-boggling, but it is. You you wait. It it will happen. That's right. It will happen. happen. Okay, I think we can stop. That's good.